Today, we're going to look at how the joy of the Lord is your strength. Stay tuned. Welcome to Unfolding Words, the weekly podcast dedicated to sharing biblical truth that offers light for your walk and life for your soul. I'm your host, Tracy Moorings. I'm so glad you pressed play today. There's a verse I've heard many times over without giving much thought to it. We hear it in songs, see it on greeting cards, and on posters in Hobby Lobby. It's Nehemiah 8 and 10. And the most famous part of the verse reads, For the joy of the Lord is your strength. The fact that it begins with the word for should tip us off that it's the result of something else prior to it. So let's look at the verse in context. I'm going to read Nehemiah 8 verses 9 through 12. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra, the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep, for all the people wept as they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, and drink sweet wine, and send portions to anyone who has nothing to nothing ready. For this day is holy to our Lord, and do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites calmed all the people, saying, Be quiet, for this day is holy. Do not be grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and drink and to send portions and to make great rejoicing, because they had understood the words that were declared to them. To appreciate this message, we got to understand where the nation of Israel is standing when they are told the joy of the Lord is your strength. In Nehemiah 8, the walls of Jerusalem had just been completed. This followed, this had followed the rebuilding of the temple, but there's something lacking. They have finished rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem, but they see that their lives are still in shambles because they have forgotten their spiritual heritage while they were in Babylonian captivity. Works for God can never replace God's redemptive work in our hearts. So backing up a little, Nehemiah 8.8 says, They read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving the meaning so that the people could understand what was being read. They spoke the message of God in a language that they could understand. The people had grown up in captivity in a foreign country. As a result, they had adapted by learning the language of the land of their captivity. They didn't understand the Hebrew language in which the law of Moses was being was being taught to them. They needed interpreters to make the message distinctive, understandable, and relevant to them. Ezra read from the book of the law of God. And then the priests went through the crowds, giving the sense of the message, and the people immediately sensed the void of not having upheld the law of God. Their torn down lives stand in stark contrast to the newly constructed walls of the city. As they heard the word, there was a deep sense of their national sins, not just their personal individual sins that was brought on by the reading of this word out loud. The result was sorrow. Even as their collective sins were brought to the surface, the people were exhorted to cherish the feelings of joy and thankfulness associated with the upcoming sacred festival. So they were about to celebrate the Feast of Trumpets. This is the start of their, this was the start of their 
Civil New Year. And it was called the Festival of the New Year and regarded as a time of preparation for the Great Day of Atonement, which was 10 days later. So there was to be a blowing of trumpets. And this was some summon all of the people to enter a time of sanctification. So for them to be called to a time of joy while they were in a time of mourning, they didn't quite understand what that meant. But the joy of the Lord is your strength meant that they were to literally delight in the Lord as a strong refuge. It wasn't just any joy. It was the joy of the Lord that was their strength. It was a joy of divine origin, not a joy that they summoned up on their own. So even when they were being convicted of sin, there was a work that God was doing in their hearts so that they could be glad even in spite of sorrow. Second thing to notice about this is that the joy is available to all who will partake of it. The joy of the Lord is your strength. So there's something that each individual person could gain from the joy of the Lord. God longs for each one of us to be people marked by his joy that can only come from a restored relationship with our creator. His joy alone is to be our strength. The true picture of strength in the earth is a total joy that comes from dependence on our heavenly father. So these people went away praising God because understanding God's word and restored fellowship brought them such a sweet sense of joy. So the joy of the Lord is your strength as well. Maybe you find yourself in a similar situation as the nation of Israel when the walls of Jerusalem were broken down. You may feel defenseless, in dire need of resources, and just downright helpless. And as a result, you have been without rest for the longest time. Maybe you've been spending months, even years, working to pay off a debt, or you've been trying nonstop to win back a relationship that was lost. Perhaps you're in need of a job. Whatever it is, you may feel run down. There's three things you can do when it comes to the joy of the Lord being your strength. Number one, draw close to the source of joy, who is the Lord himself. The Lord provides a continual fountain of joy that never runs dry. So whenever you find yourself in need of strength, you simply go to the supplier of the joy. God is always ready to supply us with what we need. Secondly, stop trying to produce joy on your own. This can come through a number of things, through relationships, through um, trying to attain attain success, through accomplishments, whether it's at work or through other endeavors, through hobbies, or even through worthy pursuits like giving to the poor or helping those in need. When we produce joy on our own, it's always going to be short-lived. Every single time. So we always have to go back to the source of our joy, who is the Lord himself. And he never created us to be the creators of our own joy. Because when we are creators of our own joy, the joy eventually gets corrupted in some kind of way. And there's a myriad of examples in the Bible of how we become corruptors of joy. Thirdly, stay in the word. 
the word is a continual reminder of how always God always provides what we need. Whatever we have need of, we find in the word of God. And also the word of God provides encouragement for us for when we're tired, when we're down, when we can't find our way. The joy that's in the Lord is also found in his word. Psalm 16 verses 8 through 11 are such a great encouragement. They say, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure for you will not abandon my soul to shield or let your Holy One see corruption. You make known to me the path of life in your presence. There is fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Fullness of joy in God's presence. We, it never runs dry. It's only in our utter dependence on the Lord that we're able to fully walk in this joy and that he's able to fully work in and through us. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you'll join me next week. And if you like what you heard, I trust that you'll subscribe and pass this episode along to your friends. Join me next week for another episode where we'll be mining for jewels in the word. And may God's word be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. God bless you.